What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to Literary Speaking with Crystal Lee Quibell. Literary Speaking is the author's guide to writing and publishing, sharing tips and tricks for aspiring authors. Crystal Lee's expert guests will bring you the latest information on how to write and publish your book into being. Are you ready to tell your story? Here's your host. Welcome to Literary Speaking. Today, my guest is author and poet Nastasia Minto. Nastasia's memoir, Naked, is available for purchase now where all fine books are sold. Nastasia resides in Portland, Oregon, and holds an associate's degree in occupational therapy and a bachelor's degree in psychology. She's been published in Susan and in the Unchast Anthology, Volume 3. Nastasia, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you. Oh, thank you for being here. I... I really, really enjoyed reading this, and I'm so excited to talk to you about it because it was just such a beautiful memoir full of poetry and just so real and and down to earth. What inspired you to to write naked? So that's really what inspired me of just being real and being open. Like I would have months of just I felt like praying to be free you know, whatever that freedom was. And I just kept saying, like, I want to be free. I want to be free. And once I started writing poetry that was more vulnerable and more open, then I started feeling that sense of nakedness. Um, But I didn't really come together with the name until maybe August, so like a month before I sent it to the editors. And so once you had written it did you did you go direct to a publisher or did you go to an agent first how did that sort of come about so I didn't have any plans to make naked into a full collection of poetry it just came about but I started with a few poems and I'm in a writing group that has editors and publishers and stuff like that and so I was sitting with them and I just said hey if I want to put together like 10 pieces of poetry, could someone help me do that? And they were so nice, and they all agreed, like, yes, whatever you want, however you want to do it, we can help you. And so um, I think August came, and the editor got back with me and was just like, hey, you know, we're getting closer to the time where we're starting to get booked. Do you still want to do this? And I was like, yeah, but now I have more than 10 pieces. I have, like, 30 pieces. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so it just kept going and going like that. Um, I didn't get an agent because I didn't feel like I was going to publish the book. And I thought of anything, I would just like kind of self-publish it or go to IPRC and ask if I could use their machines. So I didn't have a plan in place <laughs> before all of this. It just kind of unfolded. And that that came from being in a writing group. How important do you feel writing groups are for writers? It it did. It came from the writing group. And for me, I feel like it's very important, especially um, depending on what your craft is and how far you are in it. Um, I had searched on Meetup for a few different groups, and I knew at the time 
like last year. So I just started doing all of this last year, and I knew last year that I didn't want to be in a group that was going to be hardcore critique because I wasn't ready for that. And so this group is titled um, Sit Down, Shut Up, and Write. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's perfect. <laughs> I love it. That'd be perfect for me. Um, and they are just so inspiring and so encouraging to all the people that are in a group. And I would just say for anyone that is, you know, trying to figure out, do I need to go to one? Should I do it? Or just check it out. Definitely check it out. Definitely just check out writing groups. And plus the community just helps you build on your craft. It's so helpful to have people to bounce ideas off of and to get to read work with that are in the same space too. And for you, that's how you found your publisher. What was it like working with them? So me working with my publisher, it was just—it was a beautiful thing. And I know a lot of people don't get that experience. Um, by the time I actually got to the publisher, I had already – yeah, Naked was edited, and it was going into design, so I was closer to the end phase of it, and I was about to figure out how to self-publish, and he just said, hey, you know, I really like your work, and I like what you're doing, and I would like to pick you up. And so once he picked me up, we just started working together back and forth, and I was like, well, I can be very persistent, and sometimes it may come off as annoying because, like, I just need to know things, and I'll send 500 emails, and he's <laughs> like, that's fine. That is okay. Um, just want to, and he was really good about making sure that you know if I was anxious about anything to email me back and forth, make sure I had all the details about my books, how everything was looking. He would send me updates on the pictures um, and the inside of it. So yes, he was really, really good and really helpful with the whole process of the publishing world and the cover is so gorgeous like it's this gorgeous black and white <laughs> photo of you and I just I love it because it stands out so much and it's it suits the book so well how did you decide on the cover piece so the cover piece is a piece I took in my bathroom <laughs> and <laughs> And so I had sent him, I think, maybe 12 pictures. And I was like, I know I want to be a picture, and I know I want to be black and white, but I'm not sure which one out of this um, 12. And the one on the cover was actually the first one. And he just emailed me back, and he was like, I really love the first one. And I was like, yeah, but what about the other ones? He's like, I like those too, but I think the first one really fits for what you're going for. And so... um we went for that, and I really love the first one. I love that picture, and that's why it was the first one. And so we chose that, and we went through a di- some mock-ups in the cover design, and mm-hmm. that's how we came out with the black and white and the cream color that we have now. I love it. I think it's so, I'm just like, I, I'm really a sucker for a great cover. <laughs> I think most people are, mm-hmm. and I just felt like it was so perfect with the book and I love that you took the photo and then you were able to mock it up and and have a big say in the cover because sometimes authors don't really get to have a lot of say in how their books are laid out or formatted or the cover. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of nice that you got to work together with the publisher. And then how did you come up with the format for it, like how the book is laid out? Yeah, and that's the beautiful thing too is that um, also, before I even got to the publisher, I had all my ideas laid out of what I wanted. 
And so once I gather all of the pieces actually being naked, and I talked to the editor, and she asked me what I wanted, and I said, well, I know I wanted to be black and white. I know I wanted to have three sections. And, you know, so I had everything that I wanted for the book already laid out. And by the time I got to him, um, most of it was already structured. It was already set up. And uh, that's what I love about him is that he just let me go with it. And he said, oh, you got all these great ideas, and you're coming to me with all this stuff that you know that you want. So let's do it. And so he just really gave me a lot of rope on um, just being able to do what I wanted to do in the process, and I really appreciate that because you are correct. Um, a lot of people don't have that opportunity. I know, and it's, I mean, it worked so well. Like, the flow of it was really amazing because you had, you mm-hmm. know, this poetry and then a bit of the story and, and more pieces of the poetry. So I just really liked the flow of how everything went together as well in three separate parts. Were there ever moments when you were working on it where you sort of maybe felt like giving up or, you know, just one of those sort of dark nights of the soul? How did you get through that if you did? Um, I think for this one, I didn't have any moments of wanting to give up. I think I had moments of what is this or what is mm-hmm. this coming. Um, and it goes back to when I had the 30 pieces and then the editor reached out to me. like, oh, I have like 45 and I'm not quite finished yet. You know, I like, I was looking for some closure of how do I end this? How how do I finish this? And if it's going to be a collection of poetry, how does that look? And can I add in some short stories? And can I add in some of my own motivational quotes that I use for myself? I just had a lot of ideas that I was very unsure about how it would work in a book. And so there, that was the big thought of, like, what is this? And how is it going to turn out? And I took a class with Lydia Yuknovich, and she was, it was a class on hybridity, if I'm saying that correctly. And that's when I said to myself, this is what this is. It's a hybrid thing. And it's mm-hmm. going to incorporate everything into it. So, like, you, you like the short stories. That's where they came from. Was, I had all these short stories already written out. And I was like, I want to add that in there. And I want to use the quotes that I use for myself to encourage other people as well. And so I added all of that stuff in with it. And, you know, and speaking about Lydia, she wrote up a really, like, stunning blurb for your book. Did you have to approach uh, the people that uh, wrote blurbs for your book and ask them to do it, or did your publisher do that for you? I did all of that. <laughs> that goes back to me being very persistent. <laughs> I did tell the publishers and the editors that I wanted um, Lydia, Nikki Giovanni, and... I think it was just the other people. Uh, Rima Zaman. Mm-hmm. Rima, Kate Gray. And I was, so I told them, like, I want all these people to do this. And they said, okay, go for it, especially with Nikki. And so and I told the editor that I wanted Nikki, and she's like, yeah, you should go for it. You should reach out to her. And I had a moment of just panicking, and I was like, well, how do I reach <laughs> out to her? And what do I do? And do I send a mail or do I send an email? And, you know, just how does all this work? Mm-hmm. And so I took about a week before I even got to the point of, like, okay, I'm going to really send this to her. And then that time I said either, you know, I have nothing to lose at this point, nothing. So either she'll say yes or no or just won't make it to her. And she was so kind and so beautiful. She sent me a 
personal, handwritten little small note that said, this Nastasia, I would love to read your manuscript. You know, please send it to me, and I'll get back with you, Nikki. And I have that in my book bag, and I carry it with me everywhere. Oh, so. I love that. That's so awesome because it's, it's, it is nerve-wracking to kind of reach out to these people that – you know, you look up to so much in the literary community and, and to ask them to take the time to read your work and blurb it is such an honor. And I just like, it's so cool to hear about how people take control of their own work. And like you did, you knew what format you wanted, you knew what quotes you wanted to include. Like you got a lot of say in it, which is pretty awesome. So that's, you know, pretty rare, right? And so with your pretty publisher... Rare. You know, um, I it's Eldridge Books, and mm-hmm. um, and so it sounds like they've been really fantastic to work with. So it's really nice to hear that. And do they have do they have a specific type of submission they accept, or did were you able to just give them what you had and say this is how I want it to be, and give them the format sort of in the way that you wanted? Um, I'm not sure if they have a submission because I know it me because they picked me up. So um, they reached mm-hmm. out to me. And um, I, I did have the say of um, this is how how I would like it, you know, but I was mm-hmm. also open to whatever they had to say to me. And I'm always open for feedback since I'm so new to this. I was like, okay, this is how I want it. But if you have any suggestions, I would greatly take them. And, um, yeah, he was just like, it seems like you have everything, how, you know, how you would like it. The beautiful thing is the cover. Um, we, mm-hmm. When I first told him I wanted to be all black, and so he sent me a few mock-ups of it all black, and then he sent me this cover that I have now with the cream coloring. He was like, I think it will really fit. What do you think about it? And I fell in love with it. Like I had tears coming out of my eyes when I saw it. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, that, yeah, that is. It's beautiful. Um, and so they chose that, that cream, that brownish color that's on the back and the words and how it's formatted. Um, so, yeah, they, what they've did just it, been amazing to work with. What did it feel like the first time you got to actually hold the book as it was completed? Because how long did it take, actually, from from the time you submitted it to publishing time? Oh, man. Um, so as far as, like, writing and editing and stuff or just from publishing to... Right. I think writing and editing and then the publishing part, because for a lot of people, they they just like to know sort of the timeline, right? Like, mm-hmm. of how long it mm-hmm. takes, because sometimes it can take years and sometimes it's a very quick process. It just depends, right? So for you... Yeah writing and editing, how long was that process? So the you are the process is different for each person. Um, so I submitted everything to the editors in September. I believe that's when I gave it to September. Um, and then we went into design and the editing part of it, it could be for me because I had like the poetry and the editor knows my voice, so she didn't change a lot. It was just a lot of punctuation, mm-hmm. grammar, and stuff. Um, so that, it took maybe two to three weeks at a time. 
depending on how long the pieces were and how much time um, it would take to change some of the formatting that I wrote just on a Word document, so little small things like that. And then from there, it went to design in, Jan in December. Um, and once we started the design, I started looking through it again, and I realized that I had cut off some of the pieces, so then we had to go back and do more editing for some of the pieces that I had left off. So December to January, how much time it took for all of that. Yeah. And I didn't actually get to hold the books until the last week of February. That's and what was that like? Did they send you, like, a few copies and you got to open it and just, like, see it all done? And Yeah, I got a whole box of them. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just cried and I, like, ran around the house and I was like, oh, my gosh. It is it's real. It's so weird. And it's in my hand and this is my picture on the cover and it's everything that I wanted to say and it's exactly how I wanted it to be formatted and laid out. Um it feels so unreal still right now, and I'm holding one in my hand right now. It just, it feels really unreal that I put this work together. And did you did you have a favorite passage from the book? Um, I have a I have a favorite poem, um, and it's the Mother May I piece. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It's so powerful. <laughs> and it's just that that's why like I love my mom, I adore her and everything. I mean, you know about like the drug abuse and her addictions and mm -hmm. everything that she's had to go through and then um me, I just found out in two thousand seventeen that you know, that she didn't know that she was pregnant with me and so she tried to overdose. And but we both survived, and so like that was so wow. powerful. And just when people ask about this piece, it's just like because I'm not supposed to be here. Like I'm really supposed to be dead, and it didn't wow. work. And she always told me how proud she is of me, and just seeing my work ethic that you know she's encouraged by me. So the roles the the roles have definitely reversed, and that's why it says in that one part that you know I sometimes feel like that you're my child instead of the other way around. Mm. And so this piece is, is just really, really important to me. Would you would you mind reading it for us? Oh, yeah, I'd love to read it for you guys. Oh, perfect. Okay. okay. Mother, may I? Mother, may I not carry your load because it's too heavy for me? You see, I've been trying to carry this load for as long as I can remember. Please give me permission to be free. Mother, may I address the root causes of my fears and insecurities? The night I wanted to be held, but no one held me. The days I wanted to be wanted, but even you, you didn't want me. Mother, may I lay down my burdens at your feet instead of you burdening me? Closed toes, socks too tight, cutting off my oxygen supply to my feet, I may die because I'm buried in your burden so deep. Mother, may I lay my head on your shoulders or across your knees as you rock me to sleep? Instead of laying in bed crying at night, clutching the pillow so tight to console me? Mother, may I tell you of all the nights I kind of wish you were dead? At least then I wouldn't have to worry myself to sleep, 
wondering who's going to be the next person to call and confirm that you're dead. Mother, may I share about how long I desired to be a child? I ran away from home to home just to find a place to call my own, only to find I was still alone, having to be the adult before I was even grown. Mother, may I share with you a confession? When I was 19, I dated a 37-year-old woman who asked if I was experimenting to gain some lessons. Ouch. I guess she thought I was too young to love someone and needed someone else's approvals and blessings. Mother, may I ask of the deep scars that engulf you? Defense is so thick, it's hard to love you. Lack of trust of yourself and others, sometimes it's hard to hug you without you crying. Mother, may I say that I saw so much of myself in you, that's why I was afraid. Afraid to be anything like you. I couldn't let it be true. I had to run away from the DNA that created me because it's mostly you. Mother, may I say that even in all of this, Behind all your scars, in the weight of all your burdens, I still see your pure heart, your desire to be more than what was offered to you but not knowing how to reach it. Mother, may I love on you in a way that is pure and true so that when someone else tries to love you in that way, you will be more open to receiving it than to feel like you're being deceived by it because of your previous scars. Mother, may I be honest to say I love you with a depth I've never felt before. Maybe because I feel like you're my child instead of the other way around. You have taught me things I wouldn't have learned anywhere else, and for that, I deeply love and cherish you. Mother, may I be granted the permission to be free, free of all the worry and anxiety, free to have that childlike innocence and even laugh without feeling like I need to be more mature, free from calls saying she's overdosed only for me to say, are you sure, because Mother... I deeply love and cherish you. Mother, may I say that my heart would be completely broken if something were to happen to you. Because even in my burdened state, you still have so much to offer this place, and I desire to see your potential and greatness shine through. Because, Mother, I deeply love and cherish you. But, Mother, but, Mother, may I be your child from here on out, because now I'm tired. Mother, may I? Please. I love that piece. <laughs> I've heard it a couple times, but it's so powerful. It's so good. Every time I'm like, cry like a baby. <laughs> I just love it. I love it. And it feels so, it's so like, I don't know. It's just, I love when someone reads their own work and especially the way you read it. It's just so passionate and powerful. And I feel like, the whole book is like that when I was reading, you know, um, when I got the copy that you sent me and Mm -hmm. I think I read like all of it in one gulp. (laughs) It was just so I couldn't put it down because I was just like, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh. And, and I love that about it because it's, it's like the perfect size and, and just everything is so it's, it just has such an impact when you read it as well. What, for you, you, what sort of, how is it when you get to do readings? Because you've done a few now. How, how does, what is it like doing those? Um, I really enjoy doing readings. And I tell myself every time I go on the stage, and it's something what Maya Angelou used to do, you know, she 
seriously like my auntie in a past life or something. But she always say, like, you bring those people with you who love you, who encourage you, and you just say, you get on the stage and you say, like, I'm here and I need for y'all to stand with me. And so every time I get up and I read a piece, I just say, like, I'm here and I need for all my ancestors to stand with me because I want to deliver to people that is, to people that's going to be meaningful, you know. Like, we can all get up and just read our stuff just to read it, but I feel like my words and other words are so empower- they're powerful. So what are you going to use them for? And that's always a big thing for me that words are very powerful. And so I am very, like, cautious and careful of how I use words and how, how I even speak to people because I truly believe that words can change things. Mm-hmm. For sure. And mm-hmm. then you also, you, you can have, you sign copies. And I thought it was really cool because mm-hmm. we got the opportunity to talk before this. And you were saying, like, you sold a lot of copies for book signings, right? Yes. Um <laughs> It's just funny when you telling me that most people don't, and I was like, oh, I didn't know that was the thing. <laughs> so, so I had my case of books, and which in the case of my books is 68 books. And in the first week and a half of having my books, I sold all 68 books. And I was thinking, okay, so how am I going to take books to readings because I don't have any more? But at my <laughs> book launch, um, the owner of another read-through, you know, she told the publishers, like, hey, I would love for you guys to bring 20 books. And she said, I usually just tell people to bring maybe 10, but nostalgia should bring 20. I think she's going to sell them. And then my publisher emailed me and he said, you know, I think we're just going to take 45 just in case. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You know, that's fine. And um, when I first got there to my book lunch, and it was about 6.45 and it was going to start at 7.00. And there weren't a lot of people there. And I had already said, okay, if it's 10 people here, that is totally fine with me. I'm still going to give my all, and I'm going to put everything into it. Mm-hmm. And I decided to walk downstairs just so I could breathe, breath. And by the time I went back up, the entire place was filled. Oh, and I, was I like, love okay, This is more than 10 people. Um, <laughs> and as I was reading, like, I just, I really get lost in my words. And so I didn't notice that all the other people I came and they were just lining the steps and down into the bottom part of the bookstore. And so we we got, we started selling the copies and I was just looking behind me because I was like, oh, I have like five extras in my bag and that's it. So if we run out of this, I only have five more left. But we mm-hmm. sold 45 and we sold, um, yes, we sold 37 and then the bookstore bought four more copies. Awesome. And yeah, I was like, oh, this is this is usually it's happening so, like this. It's so cool, especially because I have I've talked to a lot of authors and they're like, yeah, usually you know you saw like a handful of them at a reading, maybe it just depends. And you did, you had like a full house and you sold that many. It's really, really, really phenomenal. Do you? Mm-hmm. Has there ever been any sort of writing advice that you got that really sort of really resonated with you and helped you along this journey? Um, a few things. The main one was um, Jenny Forrester, because as I was working on this, um, I was writing with her, so the name came about because we were writing it. 
on a trip, and I was just doing my little thing of making beats and coming up with poetry. And the rhythm and groove of it, the depth and length of it, was the first thing I came up with. And mm-hmm. I was with her, and I remember she just said, write that down, write it down, write it down. <laughs> I was like, okay, I will. But she just always encouraged me to keep going. She's like, just go. You have so many books inside of you. You have so many things that you need to say that the world needs to hear. And really just keep going. And then I've had a lot of other amazing writers like Lydia and Jenny and Kate Gray, all these amazing writers who are just like, you have something inside. Like, you just need to keep mm-hmm. going. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Even when it seems hard and you want to stop, don't stop. Um, and so that has been, like, so empowering to me. And then also I read Walking on Water by Derek Jensen. Mm-hmm. And it's just the humor in it and the, like, you know what, keep going. Don't worry about what other people have to say. But I don't think you're a writer. Whatever. Keep doing you. Just keep writing. And so those things have really just kept me in it because there have been days now where I'm like, I don't write like everyone else. I don't have an MFA. I'm not good with grammar and punctuations. And sometimes my Southern come out and people are like, what are you trying to say? <laughs> so <laughs> and I just start questioning myself. Um, and then I have to remember, you know, like, your voice isn't like everyone else. You don't write like everyone else, and that's the unique thing about it. I think we met in Portland very briefly at um, Stephen O'Donnell's reading, and and then oh. you posted some of your work. Yeah, you were there with um with uh, Lee Bear, and I was. Yeah, yeah, and so you posted some of your work beforehand and I was like okay when she publishes something I have to interview her because I cannot wait to read (laughs) that book (laughs) so I'm just I'm so grateful we got to have this talk if you could go back in time to your earlier writer self a time when you didn't realize what was possible when it came to this book and what's Mm. ahead for you what would you tell her oh my gosh I'm writing a piece about that right now. Um, I would definitely embrace her. I would hold on to her. I would hug her and say, you know, it is okay to be fully you and everything that means to come. And that it's okay not to know how to do things because you've never seen it. You know, I've never seen someone write a book. I come from a very small town in a very poor area. And so some of the things that I'm witnessing now as an adult, you know, I've never seen anyone do it. And so I would just encourage my younger self to, like, keep going like I'm doing now. Keep going. Keep your head up. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's going to be all right. So I love that. It can be really lonely, too, when you're writing, and it can be isolating at times. So, you know, just even to know it's worth it to keep going and Mm -hmm. to believe in yourself, you know, especially when, you know, those of us that aren't able to get MFAs or, you know, it can be really intimidating coming into the literary world. Have you found that the community has been really supportive and and amazing in that way? I have, I have, um, I don't know if you know Kim Stafford, but um, we will exchange emails and pieces of poetry. And the first time we exchanged poetry, I just told him, I said, hey, I'm sorry that there's going to be like a lot of grammar and punctuation errors in here because 
I'm not good with that. Um, his email was just so beautiful, and he said, you know, your work is so powerful and so beautiful, so you don't need to worry about that because mm-hmm. you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And I was like, oh, thank you. Love it. <laughs> it's awesome um, to have people like that. And like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Just do it. So that has been a big key part in my writing. And do you have do you have anybody that you would like to give a special shout out to and thank for everything, you know, in terms of life and the book? Um, I would definitely have to say like first my grandparents mm-hmm. who took me in and they raised us and just taught me and my sister and brothers to be the people, you know, that we are well, you know, the first thing in a book, it has a lot to do with my grandmother and just yeah. everything they were to us. And so definitely just a big shout-out to them. Um, my families and friends back in on the East Coast in Georgia, and we were rooting me on. And then, you know, everyone else is really supporting me, especially here in the writing community. I do think they are, like, going hard for me and supporting me, and I really, really appreciate that because I've only been here a year. So I keep that mm-hmm. in mind that I'm still super, like, new here. But they have been so supportive of my craft and of my voice, and for me that's very important. And so shout-out to all the Portlanders. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is a really <laughs> special literary community. I haven't seen anything like it anywhere else, so it's definitely a magical kind of community there. I definitely agree. I do agree. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today and for your beautiful work and just being so forthcoming and sharing so much with our listeners. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Want to win a free signed copy of Naked, the rhythm and groove of it, the depth and length to it by Nastasia Minto? Leave a review on iTunes under the Literary Speaking Podcast, snap a pic, and email us a copy at crystalquible at gmail.com or through our Instagram page at Literary Speaking. You'll be entered to win one of two signed copies, and winners will be announced next week on our Instagram page. Thank you so much for listening to Literary Speaking. Natasha Minto can be found online at Instagram.com slash Nastasia underscore Minto. Her book, Naked, is available for purchase now on Amazon, IndieBound, and where all fine books are sold. Please do make sure to leave a review on Amazon and Goodreads for our guests, and join us next time for more tips and tricks on how to write and publish your book. Hand to heart, pen to paper, write on. Thank you for listening to Literary Speaking with your host, Crystal Lee Quibell. To start discovering how you can begin telling your story, go to crystalleequibell.com. That's crystalleequibell, Q-U-I-B-E-L-L.com. And sign up for Crystal Lee's newsletter. Join us again next week for more advice from your favorite authors and publishing professionals. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. 
CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.